Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 511, where the human factor reigns supreme. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Except for in Glenn, where he might have a bit more of the Dalek factor. <laughs> I do not know what you mean. <laughs> you will obey. How are you guys doing? Do you think you do know what we mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys do anything fun this week? We went to Kansas City yesterday and had our first Christmas with um, Holly's family, her sister and brother-in-law and their kids, and then uh, uh, her dad and, and his wife. Played a lot of fun games, visited with family, ate a lot of good food, and, um, exchanged gifts. It was it was a blast. Sounds like fun. fun. Yeah. We came home from Kansas City yesterday. Well, oh, you guys went and celebrated Shai's birthday, didn't you? We did. The one thing that she's been saying over and over and over again is how much she uh, wants to go back to a hotel since we uh, went and stayed in one when we were in Colorado. So we decided, okay, we can do that. So we went and got a hotel room for the night and drove up and she swam all night long and got up in the morning and had breakfast and then opened presents and then swam some more and then passed out in the car (laughs) on the way. Oh, I bet she was exhausted. Oh, she was. She was so lethargic all day yesterday. She just kind of camped out in front of the TV and didn't move. (laughs) (laughs) But she had a good time. Oh, good. She was a happy happy six-year-old. Sounds like fun. Good. We went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home. We did, too. We did three. (laughs) I think Sean Sean saw it before we did, because we got the uh, message from him saying, let me know as soon as you've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) They all say who is Doctor Who? Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. First of all, we got a little bit of unfinished business to do. We have to pick a winner for our uh, special keyword contest that we were doing. Sean, explain a little bit about what was happening and I'll get the uh, Wheel of Fortune set up. Our friends at Looney Labs had gifted us with a copy of Doctor Who Flux, the amazing fun card game. And we thought since Doctor Who Flux, the TV show, fairly amazing, fairly fun, uh, season had uh, been going on that we would have a contest for it. And all you had to do when uh, listening to our reviews was uh, we gave out a keyword in each episode and you just had to email us with that keyword so that we knew that you were listening. And uh, then we would uh, put all those people together in a bucket and uh, draw one from the Wheel of Fortune, and that person will win their very own copy of Doctor Who Flux. Uh, keep in mind, if you submitted and you, uh, for every keyword you got right or every keyword you submitted, you got an entry. So there are more entries in here than there are uh, actual people that, that uh, participated. So there was a, a pretty good 
pretty good pot here to spin from. So, all right, here we go. We're going to spin the Wheel of good Fortune. Luck. And it looks like our winner is Bill McCann. Yay! Yay. Congratulations, Bill. Congratulations, Bill. We will uh, get that uh, copy of Doctor Who Flux, the card game, in the post to you soon. This episode of Traveling the Vortex is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks with thousands of titles to choose from. And you're listening to this podcast, so we know you're a fan of Doctor Who. And guess what? They have lots of Doctor Who audiobooks to choose from. Newer titles like Doctor Who, The Ruby's Curse by Alex Kingston, and Doctor Who at Childhood's End by Sophie Aldred. You can also listen to titles from Big Finish's Doctor Who audio range. And Audible has audiobooks of the Doctor Who target novelizations, and much, much more. To sign up for a free one-month trial, just go to audibletrial.com slash travelingthevortex. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash travelingthevortex, and sign up today. All right, well, let's move on to our review. The Evil of the Daleks. The Daleks draft the second Doctor into distilling the human factor in order to, for them to understand why they have always been bested by humans in the past. Once implanted, it will make the Dalek race invincible. Jamie's faith in the Doctor is stretched to the limit as the Doctor appears to be collaborating with the Daleks. The Doctor has a few, few tricks up his sleeves, but then again, so might the Daleks. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> okay, Sean, start. <laughs> Why the questioning in there? Um, I feel like this is another one that maybe the legacy of the lost episodes has overshadowed the reality of the lost episodes. Um, you've got the great Patrick Troughton. You've got Daleks. You've got the Emperor... We've seen images of this thing, this amazing... I don't know if you can call it a prop. It's its really more of a set that this thing is so big. Um, and, and so it's its just this enormity of awesome. And they've borrowed, every time we've gone back to the idea of a Dalek Emperor, um, you know, they've borrowed bits and pieces of it. But it's really not until uh, uh, RTD when you know, Rose meets the, the Dalek Emperor, that it's back to being that kind of colossal, towering thing. And so in in every fandom's mind, it feels like this whole saga looms large. It's the introduction of Victoria. There's just a lot going on. The reality uh, is that this episode meanders a lot, it feels like we're still kind of cleaning up after the faceless ones. We've got a lot of business at the airport at the beginning. Uh, we've got a lot of running around back and forth at the estate uh, with this uh, antique collector and what is he doing. And then we get zapped back in time for <laughs> reasons uh, <laughs> because... The Daleks are involved in this. It, it, it just takes so long. There's, and, uh, you know, the fact that it's seven parts again is is kind of another. Oh man, really? And then I I could be wrong, because obviously we're dealing with animation. But when the Doctor goes to sneak into the 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 city on Scarrow, is that supposed to be the same chasm 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because about the sixth or seventh part of this thing, I was just feeling no. so drained. Because I, I this hole in the ground showed up, and I went, "Oh God!" <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that chasm that they're leaping over in uh, the Daleks is further from the city than this one is. Because this one, they he looks down over into it, and there's a Dalek down there. And well, I you thought, can see the bottom of it. So and yeah. I thought, yeah, if they fell into this, somebody might break a leg, but nobody's going to die from that chasm. So, yeah. <laughs> so I assumed it was not the same chasm. But yeah, the the doctor almost seemed like he knew he knew the way in. Well, he did, and that he, is that's implied because of that. Yes, because of that. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. Right. That's, I wanted to make that, sure that I was picking up the right vibe. Yeah, that's where we're. It, we're supposed to infer that that's the reason why the doctor knew the way in there. Now, to be fair, though, the doctor never went that direction. <laughs> it was Ian and his group that went that way. But oh, we, right. we yeah, can, ass- we can assume that maybe right. Ian told him or described where this entrance was. So, or the but or, at any rate, or the Thals, because the Thals knew how to get in there. So, it, it just seems like that's it's a whole lot of running around and uh, you know even more so than usual for Doctor Who episodes. Uh, in a very convoluted plot setup. The Daleks do not put this much thought process into things. And so we've got a whole bunch of subterfuge to get the Doctor to extract the human factor because it's going to make us superior. Ah, fooled you. We actually just needed to figure out what the Dalek factor is and we're going to ramp it up and everything. But the Doctor, of course, is always two steps ahead of everybody and he reversed it on them and started a civil war. Okay, that part's cool. I yeah, mean, like the seventh, yeah. the seventh episode is legit. Like that was the meat of this episode. That that was the part that I could have. Yeah, let's do this. All of the rest of it, the, it, it seemed like there was a lot of characters that we didn't necessarily need. With, with not very good motivations. Not very good motivation with a lot of strange interactions between these character groups. And uh, a lot of strange settings. I'm still not sure why this particular time frame for for their uses, um, other than maybe they needed somebody backwards enough to still think alchemy could be a thing. But then the doctor kind of refutes that by saying, "Well, men in the 21st century are still looking for it." I don't know. It just, the, the whole thing does not gel together for I, me. I think though, I know, I think you're onto something there and I'll, I'll, I'll inject there because I thought the same thing, but I rationalized it with the fact that I think somebody in the 1800s looking for that would be more not knowing that the plausibility has decreased in the future. I think that the, somebody from that era would be more, enticed and gung-ho to do it or believe that it can be it can happen then to go after somebody in the 20th century or the 21st century where they're like okay you were still seeing if this can be done but there's a lot of strikes against it right now so i think yeah that is why they chose that and i'm totally fine with that but then why all the business at the airport why not just let them get in the tartars take off and land in the the 18th century and pick up from there well, it's because we need to write seven episodes, so that's, we need a bit of business here. And there. It's, that's it's just so much. That's that. exactly what it is, and I mean, you know, they're they're making a different kind of television back then than we do now. So we're looking back with, you know, we're looking backwards with glasses that we wear in the future. But 
yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it for from today's standards, it's it's far too long. In fact, I would not mind a special or a omnibus uh, or whatever they the, the, not omnibus a, a a truncated version like they did with the a film uh, yeah a film version that they did with. Uh, I, I I'm glad we have all of this. Don't get me wrong. I didn't want them not to do all seven episodes because I think we needed that. But I also think it would be neat to kind of edit a film version, a film length version like hour and a half and really take out all of that meandering that happens in this one because you're not wrong it it, is a lot of meandering but that's again because that's just that's how they did that's how they they padded out episodes from week to week so that they could fill schedules and things so there's not a lot you can do of that that you know this is this is like the old adventure serials and movies that this is you know it's a different era of television i had to keep bringing myself back to that and I, I, I tried to watch it in installments instead of all in one chunk. That's so what I, I did. Watched yeah. two episodes yeah. at a time. And even that was, oh, man. <laughs> it just... well, so I, I found episode one fairly fascinating because, you know, it's a carry-on from the Faceless Ones and TARDIS is missing, so we're digging into this mystery. And then you see, oh, okay, well, we're going to try to figure out what this human factor is once the doctor is let in and then the fact that i think part of what makes the rest of the story kind of feel like it's meandering and dragging and not as enjoyable is the fact that the doctor and jamie are at odds and aren't together a lot we all love when the doctor and jamie are best friends and are on the same page and so to have them being almost antagonists to each other is a step in a weird direction that we're not used to so it makes it a little less enjoyable to watch those two characters act that way towards each other plus it takes far too long to determine what the human factor is. right right it should not take that long of a trial to figure out what's going on there I because think- once they get that and they move on to episodes five and six or six and seven then the story picks back up and it's interesting again right yeah, it's certainly most entertaining in episode six and seven for sure. I think that uh, I I didn't quite mind so much the fact that we put Jamie and the Doctor at odds because for me they're always buddy buddy and always you know like minded and it's kind of nice to 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 mix that up a little bit. However, I think it went a little too far in this one. Like as you say, we it, it went on too long. Yeah, I think it went on too long. Also, I just felt very uncomfortable with the doctor sort of putting Jamie in these situations in order to de- de- devise this, and it's almost like he was just kind of casting him in front of danger. And I think there's a there's a throwaway line later where he says something in some way to imply that Jamie never was actually in danger. But throughout that course of those two or episode and a half, when this is happening, I really felt very uncomfortable that the doctor would do something like that to uh, a companion. Although I, you know, as Davros says in uh, (laughs) the stolen earth, it's he, he uses his companions as weapons, but not anything that different than what the seventh doctor has done. Well, that's true, especially with ACE. Yeah. And if there are two characters almost similar, like <laughs> yeah. of the two companions, Jamie and Ace seem to be cut out of the same claw. I mean, the Doctor's no Dumbledore, so I guess there's that. 
Uh, I think the the animation on this is superb. Uh, the animation yes. looks amazing. Um, the 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 cell animation is still it's all obviously done in computers, but what I would consider the cell animation the the forefront is still relatively simplistic. But I think there's a the the faces are a lot more expressive. Um, the movement is a lot more fluid. We don't have a lot of that, you know, uh, very stoic stick figure. Uh, paper doll cut out look in this one which i appreciate it uh that's improved what really though pops out with this are the backgrounds the the mm. the, the daleks look amazing because they're all completely i mean and and when you do something like that in a computer we've talked about this before when you do computer animation the hardest thing to do is people but the easiest thing to do is things are that are you know mechanical or uh non-organic and everything in this that's not organic, it looks amazing. And there's a lot of care in shots all the way down to uh, the different camera angles that are used. Um, I'm very impressed when you are showing a guy getting ready to break a board in half and you sh- you change the camera angle to above shooting down on the board. And then as he breaks the board, the board shatters into pieces and very much in a realistic way. Uh, so there were a lot of little touches, but that was one of the ones that really stood out to me. Uh, the sweeping shot around the, the, the mansion, uh, when they actually do go back in time, uh, when, or when they're, before they wake up and they're back in time, uh, amazing, some, some amazing, uh, you know, perspective work with that. Uh, they they really I, it it just looks beautiful and which and I'm glad it does because it does meander a bit so I do find myself kind of looking at the scenery more in in some parts and, and I suppose there's <laughs> there's some uh, bonus to that yeah I think the only shot that uh, really kind of took me by surprise was there was a, a kind of an outdoor sweeping of the the mansion once we arrived in the uh, the 1800s and it kind of went around the corner and then up the wall and into the upper rooms when just before Jamie woke up and for all of the people shots that had been going on beforehand to suddenly get what was very obviously a CGI you know computer rotoscoped house um, and then up and through the door that one was kind of it felt very out of place which I is odd because it's kind of the perfect use for it. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that that house was probably rotoscoped. I bet that was just completely model. I think that was yeah. model three D work. But yeah, no, you're right. It does. It does. I don't know that it took me out of the story at all, though. I think it just. I was so impressed with them doing it that it didn't. In fact, the I think because all of the backgrounds in all of the shots had a lot of you know depth and perspective i i didn't feel like that shot was out of place because we had gotten a lot of really great backgrounds so i don't know i continue to enjoy this animation style and everything to do with it i think the, the production company is doing a fantastic job uh, which one is this? This is the one that did uh, the animations for Shada, and what was the other one? And I believe the faceless ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet you're right. Yeah, I bet so. It's kind of cool that they get to kind of just continue on with their... I, I did like on. that about this. I, I like the fact that it picks right up at the end of the faceless yeah. ones, because it kind of gives... 
although I wouldn't consider the end of the face ones quote unquote a face or a uh, cliff uh, hanger. Although it is, we don't know what's happening. They're running off chasing the uh, uh, TARDIS uh, that's being hauled away. But I like that we kind of got a little bit of resolution, and it, it really feel it, it it goes into that nature of that episodic television from that day. And even though this is another group of stories, it picks right up where the last one uh, left off. So there's not a lot of you know in between off off screen time that 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 you get to kind of mess with there. Unfortunately, you know, in Big Finish or whatever. But I like yeah. the fact that it just felt episodic, like we picked right up and and went on to the next thing. Again, the, the first episode does get meandering a little long. Uh, I was curious about that scene in the... And I, I didn't get a chance to look at all the DVD, and I don't imagine it's on ours. Maybe it's on the British version. Uh, but the music in the background in when they go to that diner and the, the guy... Coffee co- bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was coffee bar. Um, when they go there, the music in the background is actually commercial music, and one of the songs is Paperback Writer by the Beatles. Huh. And I noticed that it was very much generic music in ours, so they must have been able to isolate that background music and replace it with something else. Hmm. I was also curious about the color choices for the, co- for the coffee bar. Uh, now, knowing that this was, you know, 60s London, totally makes sense, and yet... <laughs> oh, all you have to do is look at an Austin Powers film and go, okay, well, that was that was psychedelic 60s in, in, in the UK. <laughs> I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. In fact, it kind of felt natural. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dogs I, 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 have blue bumps. I mean, yeah, Well, I did watch the <laughs> version, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did to too. alternate between color and black and white just so I could have a taste of both. You know, this time I watched all of the color. I haven't gone back and watched the black and white yet. So maybe on my well, next. you guys watched the actual episode, my next right? Viewing. Yes, 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 yes. No, okay. wait. I didn't. And the reason. two exists. Yes, I didn't watch it. And the reason I didn't watch it is because I have seen it. I have actually seen that oh, okay. one. So. Yeah. That, in fact. I think last time I had mentioned that I didn't think I had ever gone all the way through this on a recon. And this was probably one of the only ones. And as I watched this, I remembered a lot more from it. So I maybe have done more of it than I thought I did. Because I thought I had only done an episode or two. Like, well, I think I I listened to the first episode. I watched the second episode. I think that's the one that still uh, exists. And then I thought maybe I went on from there, but I remembered a whole heck lot more of this than uh, I thought I did. So I may have done more of this than I thought, but it was mm. so long ago I'd just forgotten. This would be a difficult story to do in, in reconstruction, I would think, too. For the meandering of it, it would be hard to focus. Yeah, I mean, and I think this one was one that I... I think this is one that I did... I must have listened to the audio uh, with the linking narrations, so... Which makes those sometimes a little more palatable than watching the loose cannon ones. Yeah. I, I can see in this story why Victoria kind of got the reputation of the, you know, damsel in distress that yeah. she kind of has. Is because she definitely started off that way. I mean, her whole purpose in this story is to be rescued. Uh, not the great, <laughs> greatest introduction for a character, but... No, but, 
it, it, it works, I suppose. I have to wonder she, though, was she being considered for a companion at this point when it was being she written? She was. Because if you're writing this story from the perspective of this just being a not a background character, but a secondary character, the I can see this part being written that way. But if if David Whitaker was writing this from the crew saying, well, we want this to be our next companion, so, you know, work her in or, or do something with it, that, yeah, then that was, that was a failed attempt on his part. But I think if he wrote it and then they said, hey, you know what, let's take this uh, gal on and be the, the next companion, I then, yeah, that was kind of a... Based off of the bonus feature, uh, the Dalek factor that's included... Uh, the next companion was being considered between uh, Deborah Watling and the woman who was in the Faceless Ones. Right. Uh, um, Pauline Collins, who played Samantha. Right. And Pauline turned it down after like episode two, after the second episode of the Faceless Ones. So it kind of right. it kind of defaulted to her, but they were both being kind of sized up to determine who might be the companion so it sounds like it was being written with a potential companion in mind well okay that almost makes it sound like though that their first choice was this one and they went okay we'll do uh, <laughs> we'll do this I one think it, i don't know if it was a, necessarily a first choice it was a well here are our two choices and one was taken away from us yeah yeah what's interesting though is that yes she she is reduced to screaming and being locked in a room. But I although not a lot of, they're making her yell. I, I don't know. If yeah, I mean, screaming. it's not. It's not. It, the the whole damsel in distress caveat is, I mean, I don't feel like oddly enough, I don't really feel like Victoria fits that mold very well because. She, at least in this episode, she kind of goes on to be shoehorned into that mold. But in, in this series of episodes, I, I felt like she really kind of had a lot of agency for being stuck in a room for seven episodes. Um, it was, you know, she had camaraderie with Jamie right off the bat, uh, you know, which came across as very obvious. Um, she seemed to almost kind of find him very chival chivalrous for his, uh, you know, <laughs> returning the hanky. Um, and then she's kind of the idea person. I mean, while Jamie's the one about, well, let's barricade the door and this kind of stuff, she's the one that seems to be driving a lot of the, well, what do we do? Or, you know, she's kind of the conversation starter in a way, if that makes sense. Maybe not to a great extent, but it, it just kind of felt like she was given some things to do within the confines of being stuck in a room. Um, so I don't know. Well, she does have did you watch it? Really... Did you watch another episode than I did? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Keith. I think she was. <laughs> yeah, I think she was very much damsel in distress. Even if she was the conversation starter, it was her trying to. <laughs> she was trying to get the guys to figure out how to get him out of this. That's that's uh, the impression I got. Unfortunately. Sorry, must Keith. be my writer's brain reading way too much. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, Keith. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just, I, she did have that nice relationship with Kimmel. 
too. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. That was already pre-established too, so that was good. Yeah. I didn't hate the story, but I, I I go back to what Sean said that I think maybe the 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 myth of this has become greater than the actual uh, product. Um, it's a good it's a good story if if you could condense it a little bit and make it a little more streamlined. Um, and certainly episodes six and seven are, are the the highlights, the pinnacles of the of the story. I know that that even this time i was surprised because i didn't i didn't remember this about it i was surprised about the daleks having done the kind of switcheroo by having the doctor point out the human um uh factor also in tandem was was pointing out the dalek factor as well and so when they kind of pull that switcheroo at the end of the sixth story, I thought, oh, okay, that was kind of clever and interesting little twist. So I liked that about it. it give the, they give the Daleks a lot more credit in this one than a lot of stories do. Yeah, this is true. I think some of part of why I think the story is looked on fondly by fandom is it's got a very strong ending. And I mean, it really goes out with a bang. And some people kind of, if the middle is kind of, eh, they kind of gloss over the middle and remember the ending more than anything else because that's obviously the last thing you watch. So yeah. if you got a bang of an ending, you're probably going to be more a little more fondly, fondly remembered than if you had a, a strong middle and a weak kind of whimper of that's an true. end. So. That's true. And the for, Emperor Dalek is very impressive. <laughs> yeah, for, well, for the handful of people that remember seeing it, I, I also yeah. feel like there's a large portion of fandom that has built this up out of the imaginings of what it must have been like. Yeah, well, that, that certainly could. Yeah, that certainly could be the case. I mean, I think want to give some people credit for probably getting the uh, ideas from the reconstruction as well. But you're right. There's a good number of people that have never seen it, but they probably built it up more than more so than it was. And also we haven't, we haven't read the target novelization of it. Sometimes those cast a better light on old stories than they intend to, because somebody will have remembered reading the story and enjoying it. And then, you know, sometimes we've even read the novelizations and said, wow, that was so much better than what we ended up seeing on, on screen. Well, and talk about a condensed version. You, the novelizations are only so long. Yeah. And usually if it's a seven episode story, they got to condense down. So that's going to make a lot of this meandering go away and probably fix some of the issues we have with it. So it might be worth a read to kind of give us a better viewing of the story. It's very true. We may have to look into uh, putting it on the schedule. Of course, Patrick Troughton throughout the entire thing is just as wonderful to watch, even in animation. Yeah, agreed. Well, any last thoughts on this story before we finish this episode? To be clear, I didn't not enjoy it. <laughs> I did not not enjoy it. I didn't not not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a good story. Than Flux was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. An episode count. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, 
Not, yeah, I was just like, episode count, but we did get 45-minute episodes of that rather yeah. than the 20 ones and the 25 of these. Um, no, I'm with to you. It's clear, I'm exceptionally glad that it's back. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's an enjoyable, I would watch it again. I, I, oh, totally. I might watch it in, you know, uh, with a little less attentiveness, you know, maybe have it on in the background doing something, but, uh, it's an enjoyable story. It's a good story. I, I, uh, and it's Daleks for crying out loud. Of course I'm going to give it. <laughs> something but hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the doctor who target book club podcast the only podcast to discuss in story order all the doctor who novelizations my name is tony whip and every two weeks or so i'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel including our so-called expert who's been a who fan since 1979 that would be me we also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, Sean, well, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, we are off this uh, last week of the 2021 year uh, for the holidays. So uh, we wish all of you uh, the best for you and yours from us and ours. And then we will uh, come back with, um, well, I think there's a Doctor Who special coming up on New Year's. (laughs) And I think it might have the Daleks in it. I, I think I read that somewhere. I think you're right. And then, interestingly enough, that will also kick off uh, what is shaping up to be at least a year-long look (laughs) at uh, the great Dalek uh, uh, conflict, the Time War. We're gonna we're gonna delve headlong into this and go through all of the uh, materials that uh, uh, Big Finish and BBC Books and Doctor Who Magazine and others have uh, put forth for this uh, uh, time frame, and we are going to attempt to do it <laughs> in chronological order, or at least in the timeline order of the of the war itself. Um, so you might want to brush up on your Genesis of the Daleks uh, in the next week or so. <laughs> Um, but the first official thing that we'll be reviewing uh, is the uh, Shadow of the Daleks from Big Finish. And then we'll be skipping over to Ravenous 3, Stories 1 and 2. And I will have the schedule posted uh, from there out for those of you that do like to keep abreast of things that are coming soon. There is a method to our madness, and I think when we uh, actually delve into that, we'll kind of explain a little bit on uh, how we got on this path and uh, the uh, path that we're using as well. So, It's a very crooked path. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, be sure to check out the website, travelingthevortex.com, for updates on the podcast, and you can find the schedule there as well when it gets posted. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on the patron link. And consider supporting us, Patreon link, and consider some. I don't know why I always say that wrong. Patreon link, and consider supporting us. Also, please consider giving us a five star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast, and make sure you join in the conversations on our listeners forum on Facebook. 
Anything else we need to touch on before we close this one? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.